Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in two places. So, I was having an out-of-body experience to be in two places. But John chapter 13 and verse 15 And then I would like to go to Acts chapter 16. So using those two places in the New Testament. We're dealing with uncommon gifts. And they're called uncommon because people might think, well, what's the big deal with that? That's not normal, right? It's an uncommon gift. You might not think of it as a gift. So John chapter 13 and verse 15, Jesus said, For I have given you, that's a gift, right? If he's given us something. For I have given you an example. That ye should do as I have done to you. For I have given you an example. And I'd like to teach on the gift of Example, the gift of example, being an example. As Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, uh, and it really isn't about washing feet, okay? As uh, say a preacher, we don't have foot washings here. Well, back in the day, okay, these people used to walk in sandals, and it was dirt roads, so their feet were not like wrapped up in socks. They weren't putting lotion on them to wear, and they got in a car and drove... No, they were walking on the road, so their feet were nasty. They were stinky. They had sores rubbed in them. So if you cleaned, it was like a modern-day washing someone's car because the car is what gets really dirty, right, when you're going to and fro. So Jesus was really, it wasn't about the feet or the car. It was about showing an act of service to someone. It was being an example of love. It was, being, it, it was really the metaphor of what Jesus came to do, to serve people. And so Jesus said, really what he's given you is not an example of how to wash someone's foot, but an example of being an example. And Jesus said, I've given you a gift. Do what I do. And he said that ye should do as I have done to you. So I want to look at three levels of being an example tonight. And we can all employ this, and it's really a gift of God. And it's actually uh, the reason I joined the Marines. The reason I joined the Marines, I grew up overseas. So uh, we didn't have as many opportunities to go do fun things because in third world countries, there's just no theme parks. Well, I guess we had safaris. Real animals, no cages, right? But... The Marines at the embassy, so the Marines guard the U.S. Embassy. They don't guard the people. They guard the documents and the, the, the buildings. And they always looked just really put together. And they had their, their dress blue uniforms on, and they had weapons. And for a guy, that's just awesome, you know, for a young, young man. And they were always very polite, very professional, their haircuts and their physique and everything. And But you didn't just see them at work because, as I said, there wasn't a lot to do at night in these foreign countries. No real movie theaters, no places, very few places to go out and eat. But they had something called the Marine House, and that's where the Marines lived. 
So you got to see the Marines in their regular civilian clothes, and they had a reel-to-reel projector that they would get movies from America, and we'd go to the Marine house. And we'd, we'd get sodas and, you know, I don't know if we had popcorn and stuff, but that was your movie nights. But it was all revolving around the Marines as being the example. So I got to see an example of those Marines, and it influenced my decision to join the Marine Corps because of the example that those Marines were to me personally. So being an example is a big deal. There was a man who had been out of work for a long time. So he decided to inquire. This is pre-COVID, right? No, there's lots of jobs, but no people to work. He decided to inquire at the local zoo. He told the zookeeper, I would like a job. I'll clean cages. I'll clean the bathrooms. I'll do whatever. You know you really want a job if you clean the bathroom, right? I mean, he really wanted a job. The zookeeper said, we are full up. Love to hire you. We don't have any openings. But noticing how big and burly the man was, the zookeeper had that light bulb idea, right? He said, this is crazy. You don't have to agree to it. The zookeeper said, but would you be willing to put on like a gorilla costume and just pretend you're our gorilla? Because he died last week. You could say no. You could say no. But all you got to do is just walk around the cage and, you know, be a gorilla. He was our most popular exhibit. So the guy said, really? He said, yep, we'll have a custom-made suit made for you, and we'll pay you really well. So the guy's like, I need a job, man. It's like Florida man, right? I need a job. So he's like, I'll be a gorilla. So he put the gorilla suit on, climbed into the cage, and he made some gorilla moves, beat his chest a little, but the people loved it. It was a good suit, and he grunted, and he beat his chest, and you know, lifted up his arms. The crowds were growing. The third day, the man got excited. So uh, they had a, a big vine there that he could swing back and forth. So he began swinging on the vine, and people were going crazy. He was like lifting bananas up over his head, and, and he swung too far, and he fell over the enclosure into the next enclosure. Well, it was a lion's enclosure. So he's looking at the lion, and the lion, of course, is advancing towards him. But he doesn't want to scream because he doesn't want to lose his job, right? He doesn't want to, the people to know the game is up. But as the lion's snarling and like coming towards him, eventually he's like, he can't stop. He's like, help! You know, like a girl, like, you know, when you don't think you're going to do it, like, help! You know, like a screech. And then the lion said, shh, be quiet. Or we'll both lose our jobs. <laughs> but you know what? There's a story there that, There's a lot of people in church that they're performing, right? They act like they're one thing, but there's something else outside of the church. And really being an example, there's three levels. Jesus was Jesus no matter where he was. Jesus was the same. And really, there's a difference between like a skateboarder and a skate rat. Okay, The skateboarder is a guy who brings the board out on the weekends. But the skate rat... They wear the shoes, the hat, the music. They listen to the, the skate music. There's actually like a brand of music involved with skating. And uh, they, they have the right clothing. Well, they're all in, right? And as a Christian, we just don't want to be like the skateboarder. We want to be like the skate rat. We want to be all in to being a Christian. 
an example of the believer. So there's three levels of being an example. We want to look at the three levels. And to do that, if you have your Bibles and you want to go to Acts chapter 16, it's when Paul and Silas were thrown in prison for delivering. Paul had prayed for this woman who had this uh, demonic spirit that allowed her to prophesy. And when he prayed that that spirit would come out of her, the masters realized that their gains were gone. They couldn't make money with this girl anymore, like a carny. She, they were like a carnival workers, right? Using this woman as the, the soothsayer. And uh, when that was gone, they got mad. They trumped up some charges and had Paul and Silas beaten and thrown into jail. And their feet were uh, uh, immobilized in the stocks. So they, they like, you know, handcuffs in the jail, basically. So at midnight, so they've been beaten and they've been mistreated. And they really are innocent. You know, like most people say they're innocent, but they really are innocent. And in prison, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, this is our first level of example. It said, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. The first level of example is being an example to God. Being an example to God. Notice, they said, you know, here we are. Life has dealt us a curveball and life will deal us some curveballs. There's one coming named Ian. And if people are listening on the, the podcast, that's a big storm. And uh, we were on a family call the other night, and one of my family members said, is that storm going to hit you or affect you? And I said, like, yes. I said, like, here's Florida. And I, like, made my hand cross Florida. It's like the storm is so big. You're just probably going to be affected if you're in Florida. It's a big storm. And, you know, sometimes storms come to our life. And it doesn't matter who we are. They affect us. And it's not so much whether the storm's going to come. And some people say, well, storms make us. I don't believe that. I believe that storms reveal us. You know, when you see someone competing, they don't get revealed or they don't get made in the, in the competition. It shows that they've been practicing when they have the competition, right? It, when that storm comes, it just kind of attests to see if we've been training, right? How ready we are for the storm. So on Sunday, I was telling people, buy this, buy that, do it on Sunday. Why? Because thank God we knew the storm was coming. Sometimes you don't know and the storm, it just happens. So the first thing that they did is they were an example. And you know what? You don't have to try to love people. So I, I can't stand people. Don't worry about that. The first level example is just love God. Just love God. And if you've read the Ten Commandments, we're not under the Ten Commandments in the New Testament. But the first four commandments are between you and God. The first four. And I believe that there's kind of a pathway that we need to recognize in our lives. The, the first one is have no other gods before me. And then uh, the, the second one, um, no idols. Don't make any idols. Graven images, right? The third one, don't take the Lord's name in vain. It's all between us and God. The fourth one, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. How do you know these? Because my wife and I made up this thing to remember them. I can share it with you. So, and so the first four commandments are just an example 
of you being an example to God. And you say, well, preacher, nobody cares about our example to God. But you see, our character, our character is who we are when nobody's looking. And if we take care of our character, God will take care of our reputation. We don't worry about taking care of your reputation. Take care of your character. When I was in, hmm, Bible school, probably. So this is a few moons ago. Things weren't working out exactly right, so I wound up in a hotel room alone. I was single, okay? So this is a good thing. I'm married now. If you wind up in a hotel room alone and you're married, you might have some explaining to do. But I was single, so it was the right thing. And I was, I was uh, praying, and God was dealing with my heart uh, at conference, and... and uh, I noticed something. You know those hotel beds, they go all the way, the frame goes all the way to the ground, right? You can't put your hand under the bed. But I saw this like magazine sticking out from the bed. And it was, you know, that glossy, it wasn't a Newsweek, okay? Put it that way. It was one of those adult magazines that adults don't need to read, okay? But it was sticking out and I thought, well, okay, what do you do with this? And of course that little... You know, you got the angel on one side and the devil on one side. The devil's like, nobody's going to know. I mean, it's in the, you know, it's in the room. And uh, it's a preacher, but that doesn't tempt you. Uh, yes, because I like the women so much I married one. So, I mean, but I just wanted to do it lawfully, right? And I think that that's a normal thing. Men are attracted to women theirs or their wife or anybody else but that's god makes that attraction it's not sinful but that magazine presented a time that i needed to evaluate my character with god and so i thought well i could take it out and i could bring it to the front desk sure it was under the bed you know like yo you're at the comic all the brethren seeing me go up to the front with it right that would be a good idea no it wouldn't okay and so I remember saying this. I remember saying this. And I, and I believe this is a serious thing. I remember saying, I remember saying, God, because no one was there. It was just me in the hotel room. God, I want you to trust me. And he said, oh, preacher, but that really doesn't mean, any, mean anything. It really does, okay? God's looking for a man after his own heart. And that's why Saul got rejected because Saul's relationship between him and God, the very first king, it wasn't that good. He, he, God would tell him to do something and he'd be like, okay, okay, I'm going to do it this way. And I'm going to go do my, I'll do the sacrifice. Samuel's a little bit late. I'm just going to do sacrifice even though I'm not the priest. Or uh, I'm going to do, uh, kill the enemy, but I'm going to save all of the, the animals. And say, I've, I've done the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, well, why do I hear all the bleeding of sheep? And you know what Samuel said? He said, to obey is better than sacrifice. Obey, to hearken, to listen than the fat of rams. So Saul was rejected and I, I remember saying, God, I want you to trust me. And I remember I got my shoulder because I was down on the side of the bed praying. That's why I was down there in the first place. Otherwise I wouldn't have seen it. I didn't go looking for it, okay? But I was just down there praying. God was stirring me up at conference and I said, God, I want you to trust me. And I lifted up the bed with my shoulder and I just, I just slid the thing under there 
It's probably still there 20 years later. It's vintage, right? Unless they remodeled the hotel and threw everything out, okay? But those beds probably don't get moved a whole lot. But the, the, the key was is that I wanted God to look at me and say, God, and this, you know, because when you're a Christian, when you give your life to God, you don't give your life to your family or the world. You say, Lord Jesus Forgive me of my sin. Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Lord Jesus, ride with me to work. Lord Jesus, be the one that determines what I do. And that's really the beginning of our example. And so many times people throw that out and say, well, that's what we need to focus on is what we are in the world. I don't believe we're any different in the world than we are with that first thing, our example. I was telling my, my wife, I said the reason that the word is so met, the world is so messed up is because of us. Not us, but the church. And people say, well, it's this one and it's that one, and you know, they it's the Republicans, it's the Democrats, it's the agenda, it's the gun lobby, it's the oil, it's the gay lobby. No, it's not. It's the church. The Bible said judgment will begin in the house of God. Why? Because God's gonna go to our example. You see, Israel was meant to be this awesome light that everyone would gravitate to when God blessed them and God still blesses his people, okay? That God still blesses his people. But they never wanted to serve God. They always wanted the blessings of God, but they didn't want to have that heart for God. So God had some words for Israel, like adulterer and, and, and go a-whoring, which, which, which means they would go to other gods. They even took fake gods in the wilderness all the way through the 40 years of the wilderness. They toted their images as God's feeding them with manna. They're worshiping all of these, uh, these images and putting them on all the furniture and taking them through. Crazy, right? Well, I was telling my wife, you know, what we need to do is be that example because the next thing we're going to talk about is the second level, but we need to be the example so that people want God. We need to be that so different from the world that people say, you know what? These people are real instead of like, man, they're a bunch of hypocrites and I don't want to be around that. I'll go do my own thing. At least a lot of sinners I know, they're at least honest, right? They're like, hey, I'm this way, but that's who you get, right? And I, I appreciate that, that people are honest. It's not going to get you to heaven, but they don't have a show, right? There's no gorilla costume, right? But as a Christian, people see, first of all, if you give your life to Jesus, your life will change. And you'll have that prayer life, that life between you and God. And I was just sharing with brother before everyone got here, but God will deal with your heart. If you do something that's displeasing to God, I've been, I felt sick, like physically ill if I've done something wrong or even dwelt on a thought that was wrong. I mean, because God's saying, I don't approve of that. And I'm going to take my peace back. And I'm like, I want my peace back. <laughs> you know, you can be tired, but you can't sleep because you got no peace. And you know that I'm thankful that God, he gives us our sweet sleep. That's what I want. Whether I'm a little bit hungry or whether I don't have the right latte ingredients for the next day or money in my pocket, I just want to sleep. Whether the power's on or the power's off, the example, the private example, the example between us and God. So the second thing, the Bible says they prayed and sang praises to God. Well, it said... The second level of example is the example, uh, it said Paul and Silas 
prayed. The second level of example is our private life. Not talking about us and God, but talking about us and our family, our friends. Say, preacher, it doesn't matter how I treat my wife. Yes, it does. <laughs> it matters. But no one's looking. It matters. It matters. How many times have I asked for forgiveness before we started? If I go up to the piano, it might not be asking my wife what we're singing. It might be like, honey, please forgive me for speaking unkindly to you. Say, preacher, is that really necessary? But interesting, it said Paul and Silas prayed. They were still getting along. They had an example between the brethren. The Bible says if you come and offer a gift and you, you find that there's something between you and your brother, you know what the Bible says? Leave your gift. God doesn't want it. Go make things right with your brother and then come back and offer your gift. So uh, the Bible says if, uh, if, if we have a harmony in our marriage, it's a blessing. But the Bible says if we don't have a harmony... It says that our prayers are hindered. I was listening to a podcast or something, and this man, he was a preacher. And he and his wife wanted to have a kid. And they couldn't have a kid. And so he eventually, have you ever gone and like told God off, basically? God, I serve you! You know, so he did that, that kind of thing, right? And uh, he said... I serve you and I sacrifice and how come we don't have a kid kind of thing, you know. You know what God said to him? He said, start treating your wife right. Ooh. Who would have thought God would respond like that, right? Well, is it, is it important to God? God withheld the child from them because his private life wasn't right. The blessing wasn't what did he do? I mean, this is absolutely true. I'm telling you something that's absolutely true. He changed his behavior toward his wife. Guess what? They had a kid. God bless them. You know that I'm thankful that when we can mend, because honestly, the reason there's so much in there, it is so hard to love people that you know everything about. <laughs> it's so hard. You know all their buttons. You're like, oh, I can just press this button like the staples. That was easy. It's like, oh, I know exactly what to say. And then they're going to say something. You're like, oh, I already got something to say back. It happens so quick. And you know all of their bad side things and their, their, their shortcomings. But the gift of example, it says that, remember when Peter in the book of Acts has said that he, uh, he went with John at the hour of prayer. They had no money. Peter's like, I don't have any money. But he had his brother, and they were going to church together. Man, that's a real thing, to have family and friends and love. And when you have love in your family, it said Paul and Silas prayed, it attract, it's attractive. I am no Sherlock, but I can tell if people come to church and they've had an argument. No, preacher, we don't tell anybody. Right. People come in like, library silent. And then sometimes when the wife will sit way over there and the husband will sit way over there and they won't look at each other they'll kind of look down why but you know that uh my wife and i if we hug at home you know what my daughter she'll come like da, 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 da. she'll just like gang pile on us why because that that is an example and uh, i was telling my daughter i tell her a lot who do you look for what do you look for in a in a husband 
And she said, kind and courageous. That's what we were going off. Those two traits, right? And I asked her about these little boys. Are they kind and courageous? And one boy, she goes, well, he's courageous, but he wasn't kind. Well, he add, she added a third one recently. Kind, courageous, and she goes, and Christian. Why? She wants. Why? Because she sees her daddy. She sees Reverend Patterson. She sees other brethren that are a Christian. I think Papancito, if she wanted to marry Papancito, wants to. I mean, but she sees those qualities in other people. And that's what she wants. And you know what? The Bible says the third thing. And the hardest one is the first one. So the, the first four commandments are between us and God. You know what the fifth one is? It's that private life. Honor your what? Father and mother. It's just that home life that's filled with honor and it's filled with love. And my daughter, when she gets corrected, we give her all these coupons. I don't know why her mom gives her so many coupons. Because I'll correct her and she'll come down. Ha ha! Mercy! And I'm like, I didn't even write this. It was from mom. But we honor it, right? So, and uh, I even gave her ones that said reset. Have you ever had a bad attitude and you need to reset? No? Well, just me. Okay. So I gave a bunch to my wife and a bunch to my daughter. So they can, if I have a bad attitude about something, they can just play a reset. And I have to reset. We have a good time with coupons. It doesn't cost you a dime. But it's our private example, one to another. It's our example of the believer. Amen? And uh, the third thing, the Bible says, so we have an example between us and God. That's our prayer life. And then when you have an example... Uh, the fifth commandment is really about our example in our private life, behind closed doors, friends and family, right? And then our third part, and I've got a five minutes, our third part is our example out into the world. Our example to the world. You know, the last five commandments, they are things that you don't do to other people. <laughs> it kind of sounds negative, right? But it's, you, don't, you don't kill them, you don't commit adultery, you don't steal, you don't lie, and you don't covet. You don't want their stuff, right? You don't delight in their stuff. You might like their car or something, but you don't like want their car, right? Or their wife, or their husband, or their, or their ox, right? I don't know if anyone has an ox. But in Florida, someone's probably got an ox if you go out to Middleburg, right? But... Um, when the Bible says that Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God, and then it said what? The prisoners heard them. You see, when we have our example between us and God, God doesn't mean for it to stay there. He said, let your light so shine. So what light, preacher? It was dark. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. They heard a life in God in the most unlikely place. You know, when it's really dark, a little light shines really brightly. That's why in the military, they won't let you smoke out in the operations because a little cigarette butt, a little cigarette bud, when you, when you uh, pull back on that cigarette, it lights up and you can see it for miles in the dark, right? They don't want that. But in God, a little light in a dark prison with joy and singing that's not naturally what happens in prisons at midnight, okay? Even today, probably doesn't happen that often, okay? But the Bible said the prisoners heard them. But I'm thankful because this is kind of where we want to share. Uh, the prisoners weren't the only one that heard them. You see, their example between them and God was right. Their example, they had that uh, connection. They were right with their brethren. They were right with their family. 
It said God heard them. And there was an earthquake. And the foundations of the prison were shaken. And it said all the doors were open. And every man's bonds were loosed. And the Bible says that what God really was looking for was to reach someone, right? And that jailer came in. And the jailer was about to commit suicide. Say, preacher, but that's not like today. Brethren, if you only knew. If you only knew how close some people are to suicide. And Reverend Patterson and I know, and there have been recent in the past few years, there have been, and I'm not talking about people that you don't know. I'm talking about people that you know. That uh, people are facing real crises in life. And this jailer was about to commit suicide. It said so. And he said, do thyself no harm. We're all here. And you know what he said? He said he sees this example. This jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas are ready. Hey, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in all thy house. So their example became outward into the world and the jailer got saved and the jailer took them to his house and he preached to them. And they received and were baptized of the gospel. And you know that I'm thankful that God didn't stop with them. But God wants us to be an example. First to him. The second level is to our friends and family. Brethren, don't underestimate being an example to God. Having your character in God when nobody's looking. And don't underestimate the power of loving your family. It is the hardest thing to do. It's the most rewarding thing to do. It's the only thing that you're going to keep with you this life. Careers will come and go. Houses will come and go. Hopefully not this week. (laughs) Cars will come and go. Hopefully not this week. But your family is going to stick with you. And your family will be your best friend. Your family and your your friends are going to be there when no one else is there. They're going to be your your cheerleaders. They're, They're the ones you need. So pump them up. Love them. Give them grace. And then in the last part... To be an example of the believer out into the world in all manner. And, and uh, it said back in the 1800s, cowboys hung lanterns from their saddles at night. It's the first example of saddle light navigation. Oh. God bless you as our prayer. Let's dismiss. Reverend Patterson, would you dismiss? Sir?